devastating. Devastated is probably the right word, Alan. We we really are. Um, I suppose we we had hope. Um, you never know what's going to happen in the courts. You can't second guess them. But we really felt um, when when we were at the arraignment in Texas that that Judge O'Connor was really listening and that he was really on his, on our side. Um, you know, so so like at, at the very least, we felt that he would put in an independent monitor for the DPA. Uh, so this this really was very unexpected. I mean, everything up to this point, Nisha, had pointed towards perhaps a positive decision or a decision in yours and the other family members, those who were lost in both air crashes, favour. Uh, you know, he had said that family members like yourself should be treated as crime victims and indeed those who died in the crashes and even though he described Boeing's crime said may properly be considered the deadliest corporate crime in US history his decision not to reopen that plea deal which is known as a deferred prosecution agreement which gives the Boeing immunity from prosecution it mustn't have seen that coming No and, and as you say every step along the way he was it was working in our, our favour um, and very much in the favour of justice um, and when when we were called for the arraignment, it, it was very late notice. We we literally had a week to get our stuff together, get our flights, get on the plane, and get over there and and give our impact statements then to the judge. Um, you know, but he used words even in the court uh, like what what will an independent monitor do? He didn't even use the word would. So there was all these little signs that were being thrown out that made us really feel, you know, th- this we, we would get some sort of justice here. Um, and you know, when he when it when the whole thing was rejected, uh, it 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 just really floored us. Um, you know, it it really wasn't uh, expected, I suppose, from our point of view, because hope and everything had been built up. Um, you know, but it, it really did floor us. Yeah, Judge Reid O'Connor had said he didn't have the legal means to challenge the deal and commented that the, the court had immense sympathy for the victims and loved ones of those who died in the tragic plane crashes resulting from what he described as Boeing's criminal conspiracy but he explained to you all that the US Congress hadn't vested his court with the authority to ensure that justice was done in a case like this one and not to say that Judge Reed O'Connor was on your side but clearly he felt y- mm. you and the other family members were, were wronged in this instance. C- can you understand or even perhaps sympathise with his predicament? I, I, I suppose what he's saying is, he, like, really what he's saying is what he's saying. He's saying he doesn't have the legal authority, um, you know, but but there were some steps that I believe, or we believe, that he, he could have taken. Um, you know, we haven't given up the fight. We're, we're, going, we're going to appeal this. We're going to take it to the next court. Maybe he felt that, you know... Um, if he had given us something, it wouldn't have been enough. That's possible, but really, who knows? Because at the end of the day, we've got nothing out of of this other than we got, you know, we got to address the judge, we got to address the court, we got our voices heard, which was really important. But in terms of justice for our loved ones, the deal still stands, and he's basically stay, saying this deal, you know, it's it's not justice, which is what we've been saying this whole time. Um, so he's agreeing with us, he's sympathising with us, he's saying all the right things, but he's saying he can't do anything about it. 
It must be even harder, Nisha, given that, as you touched on earlier on, I mean, and, and you mentioned at short notice, having to travel all the way across the Atlantic and down to Texas, um, the, the, the travel involved, the, the stress of that, and then having to tell, convey to the court that just the, the sheer human cost of, of, of losing Mick, you know, your husband, father of your two young children, it must have taken a lot out of you and you must have been hopeful it would have made more of a difference and as you say you feel there were other options open to Judge O'Connor I, I still feel the effects of that of that whole journey um, you know I, I really don't think I've even come out of that you know my um, you know aside from the the physical element that it takes out of you the jet lag the just trying to get there and then, you know, organising everything and making sure the whole emotional side of, of this, um, I could, it's, and then to suddenly get this land in the middle of that, where, you, where you're still trying to come to terms with, you know, have I been there? Did this happen? Was it was I in Texas? I spoke to the judge. What did I say? You know, and all that is still going around in your head. And then in the middle of all that, you're being told this. You're being told, you know, this is this is probably you know, I agree with you, this should never have happened, they're criminals, I sympathise with you, but there's nothing we can do. And, you know, to describe the impact that that has on a person, I, I, I can't even summon the right words right now. You know, it's it's just devastating, is the only thing I can say. Does that make this, and I guess we'll just call it a setback, because as you say, you are, you're not giving up the fight, does it make the judge's decision harder to take because of the sheer immense effort and time and emotional energy you're putting into all of this and as you, you know you have two young children as well I mean yeah you, you see you see time going by at one level with this saying another year we're going into year four now but yet it seems like yesterday because without justice, every time we do this, every time, like last November, we went to Washington to meet with the Department of Justice, that brought us nowhere. But it puts you on a continuous time loop. You're back at the 10th of March. Every time you're back at the 10th of March, you're back at the 10th of March. And, you know, this has brought us back to the 10th of March again. And then it's, it's like the immediate impact after that. Yes, this happened, but tough there's nothing we can do. You know, I'm, I, I can't tell you how traumatizing or re-traumatizing that is, you know, um, because it, it's kind of like, you know, someone walked in and killed 346 people, you know, and then they're saying, yeah, he killed him or they killed him. Uh, but, you know, um, he's going to be allowed to walk scot-free and actually we're going to give him immunity. We're going to protect this guy because he's more important than all your loved ones. That's really hard to take. You are going to continue fighting and from what you have said, you feel there are other avenues that Judge Reed O'Connor could have explored but for whatever reason didn't. What, how, I suppose you will take time to assess your options with, with your lawyers. What, what options are open, uh, Nisha? I mean, you know, Judge Reed O'Connor highlighted that his court hadn't been vested with authority by US Congress. Can you take the fight to, to to the US Congress or explore this in another way through the court or return to a court with Judge Reed O'Connor and highlight the avenues that you feel he should have explored? I, I think the the only way with this is, is to appeal and to appeal and to appeal and to, come, to, to keep fighting. Um, 
you know, I really don't think right now uh, Congress, like we, 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 we work with Congress, we have meetings with Congress about aviation safety, you know, fo- you know following this whole thing. Um, I know how things work in there. If there was a way to make this right, we would be doing that. Um, but really the only way to do this is through the courts <clears throat> and to, to find a way and to hope that at some point you meet a judge that, that will put their stamp on this, that will have the legal authority, that will do something, that will set a precedent. Because I, I think probably one of the things that Judge O'Connor said as well is this is unprecedented. This case is unprecedented. The, the Department of Justice were trying to argue the unprecedented having an independent monitor for the DPA. Judge O'Connor answered them and said, well, this case is unprecedented. Would you agree with that? And they said, yes. So it's having a judge there that will make that call, you know, and, and make a strong, send out a strong statement, you know. So you keep doing that. You keep going through the courts until you get that answer. You had previously called for the Taoiseach to intervene and, and, and since then there has been a change of, of Taoiseach. Um, are, are you going to call on Leo Varadkar to help and use whatever ever influence he may have and in per- particularly because the week after Mick's fourth anniversary, which is fast approaching, uh, the Taoiseach will be stateside for St. Patrick's Day and, and we'll have the year of, of US President Joe Biden. I think it'll be very important that you know, whether it's Leo Varadkar or Micheál Martin, and Micheál Martin was a, a really um, steadfast supporter uh, with us in, in all of this. And even in the, you know, the last few days uh, that he held the Taoiseach's office, he supported us and he he spoke with President Biden and he, he made a plea to President Biden to, to arrange a meeting um, with the victim families in Merrick Ireland. Um, you know, which which never happened this time, but he made that plea. So I would definitely hope that Leo Varadkar would continue in that vein and support us, um, particularly now that it's very clear from what the judge has said, this, there is no doubt this, they are criminals, there is no doubt this was wrong, and there is no doubt that this should never allow, be allowed to happen again. So whatever support we can get from the government, absolutely, and I, and I believe Micheál Martin... Um, really did his best for us, and and there were times when, if you know, without him, we wouldn't have even got a first meeting with the Attorney General in the US. So, you know, the support from our government is extremely important. As I mentioned, there, the the tenth of March will be Mick's fourth anniversary. I mean, to, at the risk of stating the obvious, his his loss is something you deal with every day. But the, the, that on that particular date, do do you and the and the family mark his his anniversary, or is it just an occasion to to think of the, of the really good times you shared together? I think it, it's a time to mark at the. Right now and for the last four years, it's a, it's a time to mark what, what's happened and also what is continuing to happen, the injustice. Um, and that's, that's really kind of what we, I suppose, we end up reflecting on because without justice, it is, it's very hard to, to really just move forward and, and think of all the good times and all the rest, of, which are in my mind anyway all the time. Like every day is, is a... A memorial in in a way because every day Mick is in is in my my head you know he's there um, and he's there for me and the kids so and and I would I would say that is the same for all the victim families in, in this case 
Um, but but for us now and continuing forward, the, the fourth, or sorry, the tenth, the fourth anniversary, the tenth of March, um, will be a time where you know we'll get together, we'll support each other, but we'll also try and find a way to remind people what happened. Um, it shouldn't have happened, and they're continuing to get away with it.